My greatest passion, if I had to boil it down to a single thing, service. That is really my greatest passion. I say that because I'm a person of strong faith and I believe that service aligns perfectly with, with faith. Welcome to Intersection. I am Bobby Ratu, storyteller. I'm Michael Cunningham. I'm the Vice President for Community Health Partnerships at AnMed Health. I was growing up, I grew up down in Abbeville County, and I didn't have access to a daycare. So my grandparents were my daycare. They were my first preschool. Both my grandfather and grandmother, I was the first grandchild. Watching them every day and being growing up around them every single day while my parents went to work, I saw how they valued service to their community, to their church, to the people that they knew and loved. And I saw how that was always at the forefront. And so those early lessons and early learnings were very important and they, they stuck with me. Recidivism, healthcare, two words, refers to provider actions. Provide and actions. Actions in this case truly speaks, shows, exemplifies, so much more than the two words themselves. Michael Cunningham works for a community health care system. One word, system. A champion seeking change, service to the community, a partner in the journey of tackling recidivism as a part of the CJCC in Anderson County. Here is his story. At the core of it all is this idea that beyond the four walls of the hospital, there are agencies and organizations and people that should be connected and that should look at collectively how do we improve the health and well-being of our community. We each have our individual role to play as individuals and as institutions and as agencies, um, but how do we work a little bit better at connecting those things? And what role should the healthcare system play in that? Um, what role should our local government and should our not-for-profits and our individuals, how do we, we work together toward this kind of collective goal of uh, a better and a healthier community? Yeah, one of the things I love about ANMED, and, and especially in my life working in healthcare in my short amount of time, I tell you what, I've worked with large systems, uh, national systems, for-profit, not-for-profit, many different sizes. And one thing that I have always enjoyed about AMED is the commitment as a community hospital. Talk about what is a community hospital? What does that mean? And how does how do you see how AMED kind of fills that role? Well, I think it's pretty easy for AMED Health because it is really a part of AMED Health's DNA. Uh, if you look back at the history of the hospital and the hospital system, it actually started as a community fundraising effort by our founder, Virginia Gilmer, who survived childbirth here in Anderson at the turn of the 19th century all alone. And her prayer was that if she survived that childbirth experience, that she would like to see her new community 
have a hospital. And she was from Charleston and she had married someone here from Anderson. And you got to remember at that time, healthcare was really an afterthought because it was not very advanced. And many of the people in the community said, oh, wow, that I don't I don't see the need for that. But she was committed to it. And she convinced other people in the community that, hey, let's raise the money to have a hospital serve Anderson. And they raised twenty five thousand dollars and built the first 25 bed hospital on the site of our medical center on Fant Street. And so uh, that was April the 20th, uh, 1907, I believe. And so uh, we've been around for over 100 years and community has always been at the core of who we are as a hospital system. Many hospitals in the upstate and across the state were subdivisions of the local government. So they were county hospitals. Anderson Memorial was not that way. It was it was a community funded, not for profit organization that has always been at its independent from the local government, which made it a little bit harder for the hospital system to survive. But it, it linked it closely and intimately with the community from its very beginning. And so that community hospital, that approach says that we are not just sit, sitting here in the middle of uh, of our community or our service area. We are a part of and involved in and invested in um, the health and well-being of the people that we get a chance. We get the the opportunity to serve every day. Anderson County is kind of a unique county. If you look across South Carolina, especially, you know, from the demographic standpoint, the, the people that are served, talk about what makes this county so great, but also talk about, you know, what are the challenges of serving health care in this community? So I think we are uniquely positioned in the upstate. We one beautiful natural resources, right, from the lake to our rivers, um, great people. We have our county has the most frontage along I-85 of any county in the upstate. And so we are uniquely positioned for uh, industrial development and growth. But we also have maintained a very strong uh, local, maybe almost a small community feel. And that is... Uh, I think you see that in our healthcare because it is a uh, our goal is to make it a very personal relationship. And your healthcare is something that is very personal, but that is enhanced when the person that's providing your care you feel like, hey, there's this connection. There's this we may see each other at the grocery store, or we may see each other at a local event, and there's a sense of family and connection. I think that is very important, and that pushes it beyond just the clinical to more of that that personal touch. And so our mission statement talks about passionately blending the art of caring with the science of medicine. And for us, the art of caring always had to come first behind the science of medicine. The belief is that every hospital system that you're going to go to will have access to great science. But we want to practice the art of caring first because we can't and our CEO, Mr. Bill Manson, says something I really love. He says, we, we can't cure everyone, but we can care for everyone. And that's important. And I think you get that as the core of your being when you're that type of community hospital and when you're in a community like Anderson. How did you find yourself in health care? Well, that was an interesting and journey that I'm, I'm very thankful for, I'm blessed for. I started out my career in local government, and uh, I ended up being in local government in Anderson for 11 years. And uh, changing county council uh, led to a, a change in career path for me. And I ended up in healthcare uh, when I didn't intend to, but it ended up being a great time to be in healthcare. 2009, 2010, we had this great intersection of kind of 
policy and politics and health care with the Affordable Care Act. I was very familiar with the kind of the policy and politics side of it. And I think the people that have been traditionally in healthcare were very familiar with the healthcare side of it. But it gave me a chance to get involved in healthcare that at that intersection of those two. It was fascinating and it was very rewarding and it's been a blessing. You know, it's interesting when I really started serving healthcare probably in 07 was about time when everybody was talking about PPACA and and you know what's coming down the pipe and and everybody was like, just just run away from healthcare it's going to change so much and I was getting fired up about it because I was so fascinated about I would say not so much about the unknown but more of what was going to be the future of healthcare did you get excited to get involved in something that could truly change a community in the way that healthcare delivery happened? I was very excited. And I'll tell you why. My whole reason for getting involved in local government is because at the local level, you can't pass the issue down to anyone else. It can pass from the federal to the state. But once it gets to the local level, you have to solve the problem. You have to resolve the issue. You have to be actively engaged in coming up with solutions for the people that you're going to see every day and you're going to live around and interact with. And for the discussion around healthcare and transformation of healthcare, it was equally exciting because it was going to be very personal and something that ultimately it started at the federal with policy, but it was going to be something that was going to be implemented on the local level. And it was going to have impact on people that you see every single day and that you get a chance to serve with and care for and your own family. And so being at the local level as all of this was happening was very, very exciting because what I was hearing from the people who had been in healthcare their entire careers was that, yes, this will be uh, a ground shift for healthcare. It will be uh, a transformation for healthcare. And there was some anxiety involved with that. But I think from the people that uh, I was working around, there was also a bit of excitement around what, what comes next. And so, um, Clearly, you want to keep the lights on, right? You want to you want to understand what will be the financial impact on the healthcare system for some of these changes, but you also go back to your core mission of that art of caring, then the science of medicine. How will this enhance our capability to do that? How will it will it help us be recognized as kind of the gold standard for healthcare in our community and continue to be a leader? And all of that presented itself as, as an opportunity for us. I've always had the most utmost respect for you and your work. I remember the first time really interacting with you was hospital day. And I can't remember the year, but it was about, I would say roughly around 2010, probably right after the Supreme Court ruled. And we were down in the legislature in Columbia, in between the House and the Senate, waiting for breaks in session to interact with uh, the legislators. And I'll, I remember walking around and noticing that you, and there were so many people from ANMED there, really advocating for hospitals and how they serve the community. And it was fun to watch you talk about it very passionately and how uh, you serve your community. And, and as I've watched your career, you know, in, in everything that you've done, and then getting to s- the opportunity to serve with you on the CJCC, it was like, this is so awesome, you know, an opportunity to work hand in hand. Why are you so passionate about healthcare? What makes one not just talk about community partnerships, but 
be willing to advocate for the for something that is such an important, vital part of our community. I think all of us hope that the things that we get a, an opportunity to do in our career and in our lives will have a positive impact on people. For healthcare, we are blessed in that every day we get to see a tangible impact to the positive, hopefully for the positive, in someone's life. And that is incredibly rewarding. Um, sometimes it can be heartbreaking. But at the end of the day, you get a chance to work in a profession where you get a chance to make a difference in lives in a real tangible way. Again, it was it was always my interest, right, to, to have some involvement in service. And I really appreciated local government because it allowed for that on the local level. But in healthcare, it becomes even more personal because you will typically see people in the, in the midst of tragedy or emergency or in a place in their life where they really need a helping hand and they really need someone to reach out to them and care for them and, and oftentimes give them an opportunity to, to survive and thrive. And that is very, very encouraging. Even after a long day, you can look back and say, you know, the things that we've done today had a very tangible, positive impact on someone's life. And not only, that, only on that individual, but on uh, their family as well. I want you to do something that I think is interesting. I want you to define what a community hospital truly is. What does it mean to be community hospital? Yeah. So a community hospital, and I'll, I'll use my own terms here, is that we don't have shareholders. So we don't have uh, a group of people who will say that you have to make a certain profit. Uh, really, our shareholders is the community at large, right? So if our hospital ceased to exist, then all of those assets in some way would need to go back to the community. Mm -hmm. And so I think that gives us a different view of our mission and a different view of how we reach out and a different view of how we connect. And so for community hospitals, you understand um, uniquely that you are there to serve and you're there for the purpose of helping to improve the community in which you get to get a chance to, to take care of. What makes Anderson, and I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit, so unique, but also have so much need that a stakeholder like AMED plays a vital role in the service of that community. What makes us so unique? So I think what makes us unique is, one, we, we mentioned that we have great potential for a growing and emerging economy, right, because of our geographic location. And we're also, not only do we have all that I-85 frontage, but we're almost directly between Charlotte, North Carolina, and Atlanta, Georgia. And that is a, a tremendous growth corridor, right? We will benefit from that. And on the county level, we have leaders at the county um, that are working every day for in industrial recruitment, but also to make sure that the people who live here can work here in rewarding careers, right? And so that work is ongoing. And I think we've been very successful in that so far, and I think really the sky's the limit for that. But what we also find is that there, there are pockets in our community where that uh, level of success isn't happening. Right. There was an article recently in our local newspaper uh, about one of our zip codes uh, and that zip code had the second lowest median family income in the state of South Carolina behind only Allendale. So that lets you know that we've we've made great progress. 
but there are pockets of areas in our community where that that progress hasn't reached yet. And that lets us know that there's still opportunity for this work to be done collectively between healthcare and local government and not-for-profits to make sure that more of that economic vitality, more of those opportunities is extended across our county. Because we're, we're a pretty large county as it relates to square miles. We're over 700 square miles as it relates to land area. And so that's large. And so what you'll find is a great diversity of needs, right? And you'll also find uh, a great diversity of access to services. And so we, as much as we can, we want to work to make that access more consistent and make the access to opportunity more consistent. When we start talking about the CJCC and, you know, the idea of recidivism, you have a different term from a hospital standpoint. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your viewpoint on recidivism. So recidivism, you know, as it relates to, oftentimes people think of it in terms of our criminal justice system, right? Someone who has been arrested, maybe incarcerated, then released, then rearrested, reincarcerated, and they end up in this cycle where they're recidivists and they keep ended up in jail over and over and over again. Well, um, and there are a set of strategies that we you probably want to look at to so how do you get to the root cause of that and what can you do to help improve that person's chance at being successful once they leave the institution, whatever it may be. In the hospital setting, it's interesting because we have the term readmissions, right? And specifically a 30-day readmission. So someone has come to the hospital, we've cared for them, we've discharged them and sent them home, but within 30 days, they're back. And then within 30 more days, they're back, or maybe within a week, they're back. And so they're coming back to our healthcare system over and over and over again. And so those are terms that I, that are parallel, but they're just used in different ways in two different industries. But really where they intersect is that in order for us to be successful in reducing readmissions, it's the same thing it's going to take to be successful in reducing recidivism is that we have to work harder to drive to what is the core cause, right? And the person is arrested over and over and over again. It could be that their core issue is a mental health issue, right? Or it could be their core issue is one of uh, economic sustainability, or it could be homelessness. Some of those same issues will pop up in the readmissions is that if you think of a hospital system, we can control what happens within the four walls of the hospital. We can have a care plan. We can have access to medications, access to diet. All those things are very carefully controlled in the healthcare setting inside the hospital. But people get better usually because of that structure and we send them home. And so their core issue may show up again as soon as they get home and cause them not to be successful. And so what they may find is that there's a barrier to their uh, following a care plan out there that we never knew about because we had them in a very controlled environment internal to the hospital. Someone in an institution may be in a very controlled environment in a different way and then you send them home, but those core issues that were out there that led to their, their being where they are may have never been addressed and may cause them not to be successful with the care plan, right? And they show up again. So those things have a chance to intersect and for create greater conversations around, are we really reaching the root causes of both recidivism and readmission? 
and as a community, are there gaps in us reaching those root causes? And what can we do collectively to help us better address those those core needs? In healthcare, they call those the social determinants of health. So those are things that are um, medically not critical, but have a huge impact on a person's ability to be successful in their overall well health and well-being. There are some studies that say that what we do in the healthcare setting only impacts about 20% of a person's ability to be healthy. And the other 80% falls into that category of those social determinants. So how do we understand that better and how do we do a better job of, of connecting the dots to make sure that we're getting to those root causes? Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation surrounding recidivism in Anderson County CJCC. Interested to learn more? Check out the show notes to learn more about Anderson County CJCC. For more information about our show or other episodes, go to intersectionpodcast.com. That is intersectionpodcast.com. Intersection is powered by Touchpoint Media Network, podcast dedicated to discussions on all things healthcare. To learn more, go to touchpoint.health. That is touchpoint.health.